Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Mm -hmm. And this is a mini episode. You know what else we explore, Keegan? Mold wine? Mold wine. I know. This is like, it almost has like a, like an apple cider smell to it. It does. It's all the cinnamon and cloves. I know, but like I love it. I love mulled wine. I made some on Christmas Day, and then I was like, I should make more. So I mm-hmm. bought two bottles and made a double batch, and I'm loving it. What else do you put in it besides like the wine and the so you put seasoning? You put uh, welcome to mulled wine class with Keegan. You, yeah. You put um, sugar uh-huh. and orange juice and orange slices, cloves, and cinnamon sticks. What about any other alcohol? Because my mom puts more alcohol in it. I don't. I just put wine. So you. My mom puts like I want to say, like brandy. You could put brandy in it, and then I want to say she even puts in some triple sec. You could do that, but I don't want it to be any sweeter than it is. Yeah. And triple sec makes it even sweeter. So because I don't know if my mom. I think my mom might add a little bit of sugar, but I think it's the triple sec. Oh, I do sugar. So I do sugar yeah. and the orange juice and So this the isn't going to get me as fucked up as my no, mom's mold wine. Well, I don't know. My mom's mold wine fucks me up. I guess it depends. I mean, there's a lot of sugar and a lot of wine in it. It's just mm-hmm. nothing. It's two full bottles of wine. So I'm not mad at it. Yeah. So, welcome right. to a mini episode. This is our post-Christmas. We don't know what day it is or what the fuck is going on. I know, but I gotta say I love it because you're wearing this cute, adorable sweater, and I'm sitting next to, or you're sitting next to, like, the sparkliest dress I've ever seen. Yeah, it's best of both worlds because this is my New Year's Eve you're dress. You're, like, you are the epitome of the in-between yeah, right now. Yeah, I'm right in-between. I um, went to go see Vice today, which, guys... <laughs> If you want to be, like, pissed off. I don't know why I expected anything else. Um, Yeah. I think I really wanted to go see Vice because Christian Bale's performance in it is, like, unbelievable. He is so talented. He is Dick Cheney. Like, you do not recognize him in this movie. Like, he does such a good job. But I saw The Big Short. And The Big Short, I remember watching it at home, it ending, and, like, Anthony and I were watching it, and, like, the credits were rolling, and we just, like, sat in silence for, like, 30 seconds, and I was like, what the fuck? Because I was, like, super pissed off. This is the same guy who did The Big Short, so you're gonna have similar feelings at the end of this movie. I didn't see The Big Short. I had heard a lot of people being like, don't bother. Oh, I loved it. Okay. I loved it. I loved The Big Short, um, and I actually really liked Vice, too. They're they're weird, because... He does a lot of shit where, like, they break the fourth wall, mm-hmm. or he has, like, clips of other stuff going on. I always like that, though. Yeah, yeah. It makes so. you feel more, like, immersed into it. But it will it will piss you off. It's I think these films are important because he's able to introduce this information in a way that's really digestible. Yeah. Um, so that you really have an understanding of, like, everything that was going on. That's during... how I feel about these, like, biopics in general. It's how I felt about the Queen biopic and just about them in, in general because it's not just, like, reading a piece of paper or reading an article. There's something about watching it in a way that is that we're so used to 
Right. Being I mean, entertained. I think you do need to be like careful about those things because oh, sometimes yeah. it's easy to just and uh, you know Take same that is truth. Right. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with Vice. Like I, I, he did consult a lot of biographies and things, but of course it's still a movie. Yeah. There's still going to be a lot of dramatization that's going on yeah. and liberties taken. So yeah, like it's like when you're watching an Oliver Stone movie, don't be like, "This is the true thing that happened," because mm-hmm. it it definitely isn't. Right. Um. Okay. So let's jump into the news, shall we? I don't have anything that's like sad. Um, okay. I just have news. I have <laughs> something that is it's not like you're gonna cry about it, but it is something that I think that we should talk about. Then let's talk about it. And that is that the government has been partially shut down for a week now. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Trump shut down the government about a week ago, as he said he was going to do because they didn't give him the money that he wanted for his border wall. Um, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. Fucking whiny fucking baby. He wanted $5 billion for the border wall. Of course, like a couple weeks ago, famously, he met with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and in front of all of the press, um, kind of threw a fit about not having the money for this and them being like, we're yeah. not going to give you the money for this. And him being like, well, I would be proud to shut the government down until you give me the money for this wall, which is... What a baby. What a shitty thing to say. Yeah. Um, you don't want to be responsible for this. It's a bad thing to take responsibility for. Well, he's for. saying he would be proud. Yeah, and you how... Know what I mean? Well, like, that's someone who doesn't understand how the fucking government works because no. you would not be proud to take responsibility for this. No. You should not be. Um, nevertheless, his supporters have started a GoFundMe and raised something like $5 million to fund the border wall, which is kind of hilarious because a all GoFundMe. through... And all through the campaign, Trump was like, Mexico's gonna pay for it. Yeah. And they and started like, a goddamn GoFundMe. Fund me. Yeah. So um, I just kind of wanted to briefly talk about why we should care and be concerned yeah. that the government is partially shut down and will continue to be shut down through uh, into 2019. Like they don't see this being resolved. What is going to resolve it? I think what's going to resolve it is that the House changes over. The yeah. new, you know, where... But is he is he withholding until he gets the money he wants? Is that kind of that, That's what he's saying. Stature? He's kind of okay. strong-arming until he gets the money he wants. But he, I think they know they're not going to get it. But I think they also know they're only going to have to hold out until... For so long. For so long. And they don't want to back down because they yeah. don't want to look like they're weak. Um, Isn't that just how everything's gone? Right. In this yeah, of course. It's, it's all about it's optics. Yeah, it's all about optics. So I assume that this will go through until, like, January 3rd, I think, is whenever Democrats are said to take the House. At that okay. point, I think that we'll see some movement on this. Yeah, that'd be great. Because at the moment, uh, the departments or agencies that have closed include departments of Homeland Security, State, Agriculture, Commerce, Housing and Urban Development, mm. Interior, Justice and Transportation, as well as independent agencies including NASA, the Food and Drug Administration, and the Environmental Protection Agency. So none of the roughly 800,000 affected employees will receive a paycheck while the government is closed, though about 420,000 are considered essential and must report to work, including air traffic controllers and border patrol agents. Um, So they're working but not getting paid. Correct. Cool! Yeah, in the past, Congress has approved back pay, but that doesn't cover any late fees, interest, or other costs people incur for missed or late bill payments. So if they can't pay their bills and they get late fees tacked onto that, the government won't pay your late fees. Well, you're not paying them. Like, what do you... That's, they're well. They're like, well, we'll we'll give you back pay for what you've missed once the government reopens. Okay, but 
if you couldn't pay your bill and you've got $100 in late fees, they're not going to cover that part. About 44,000 active duty members of the Coast Guard are working without pay because they are the only branch of the military funded under the Homeland Security Department's budget rather than the Pentagon's. The Smithsonian Institute has announced that all museums and galleries will close January 2nd, disappointing tourists from all over. National Mm. parks are closed, um, though some states are maintaining operations in most popular parks. Damn. Yeah, they're saying if you're trying to buy a house right now, that's going to be really difficult because the IRS and the Housing Administration don't have enough people. It's just kind of a shit show right now. And neither neither side is willing to compromise at this point. I mean, the idea of a wall is really, really... Stupid, <laughs> but I mean, so, also I feel like it's it's a little late in the game in a way because if he's deciding now to build the wall, he's only got two years left, right? And if and should a Democrat take office in twenty twenty, they are not going to continue building, or that even wall. like a normal Republican. I mean, you know? I think it depends on how riled up that base is. That's like true, because I think the reason why he's still pushing so hard. For this is because he realizes at this point that he hasn't fulfilled really any of his campaign no, promises, he hasn't. and he realizes that things are about to come crumbling down uh, with the Mueller investigation heating up and all these other issues so happening. He's trying to make something else happen. He wants to put his yeah. mark down right now, and this is how he feels like he can do it. So, um, so yeah, the government's partially shut down and it has been for a week. <laughs> should we talk more about Trump? Oh, sure. Why not? So Donald went to. Uh, visit some Navy Navy SEALs. He and the White House communications team revealed that a U.S. Navy SEAL team was deployed to Iraq after the president secretly traveled to the region to meet with American forces, serving in combat zone for the first time since being elected to office. He was supposed to keep their identities a secret. He's a fucking idiot. And blur their faces of any photos because that's like just normal kind of protocol for what they would do. But of course, he did not. So stupid. I know. So current and former Defense Department officials told Newsweek that information concerning what units are deployed and where is almost always classified and is a violation of operational security. So the clandestine trip came a week after Trump ordered the Pentagon to begin planning the withdrawal of roughly 2,000 U.S. troops from Syria and 7,000 from Afghanistan over the next few months. The abrupt decision prompted the resignation of Defense Secretary Jim Mattis, who disagreed the drawdown. Um, The pool report went on to say that Trump paused to take a selfie with U.S. Navy Lieutenant Commander, I'm going to say this wrong, Q. Lee, who said he was the chaplain for the SEAL Team 5 based out of Coronado, California. The chaplain said Trump told him, hey, in that case, let's take a picture. What an idiot. Yeah. So operational security is the most important aspect of personal of personnel deployments. The real names, faces, and identities of personnel involved in special operations or activities are usually a closely held secret in a combat zone. Revealing them casually through an unusual media and exposure, even if it's the commander-in-chief, would prove a propaganda boom if any of this personnel are detained by a hostile government or captured by a terrorist group. There would be no denying who you are and what you do. Yeah. So he's, well, like, putting these people in danger. Yeah, le- leave so- it to him to put our military personnel at risk. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you hear about... Over Christmas, he was, like, making phone calls, and he talked to, like, a girl... The seven-year-old child yeah. who asked if if he believes in Santa Claus or something yeah, like that? Yeah, um, 
<laughs> Trump asked, I think it was, she, like, the child was pretty young, like, eight, seven or eight. I heard seven. And he asked, do you still believe in Santa? And I'm like, way to blow it yeah. with a fucking child. Yeah. Like, do you still believe in Santa? What's wrong with you? I know. I know. God. If you don't believe, you don't receive, Donald. Yeah. Didn't Learn you watch lesson. The Christmas Chronicles? Whoops. Apparently not. I didn't either. So it wasn't very good. Okay. I mean, I watched like half of it. And was, I was that like, the the Nutcracker thing? No, that was no. the one with um, Kurt Russell as like uh, yes. hot Santa. Yeah, <laughs> nothing like a hot Santa. <laughs> what else do you have for us this week, Keegan? I've, um, got, I've got like one pop culture kind of thing. And so like so do I. I. It's probably the same thing. Okay, probably. Miley Cyrus got yeah, married. But yeah, but I have something else too. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I put this mostly for you. Um, I knew knew you would appreciate it. Of course. And actually, I know that a lot of our listeners like Miley, so that's fine. That's fine. Um, Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth got married. They got married. Kind of in secret. Yeah, I read that it was, like, just her parents. Maybe it was, like, her siblings, too. But it was... His siblings and her siblings. Okay. Yeah, but very small. Her dress was super cute. Yes. Gorgeous. She And actually, shockingly... To me, for a celebrity, not that expensive. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it's expensive, don't get me wrong. It's right. crazy expensive. It's like uh, an $8,500 dress, like yeah. wedding dress. But for but a celebrity, for a celebrity, I'm not. She probably you know. could have gotten any dress she wanted, you know? But I like that it was just this small, intimate Christmas. Thing. They've been together for like 10 years. They had that short break on and years off. Ago. Yeah. So Cyrus and Hemworth's private wedding comes after an on and off again relationship. So they met during the last song. They were last mm-hmm. song co-stars and they dated for years before he proposed originally in 2012. And then they broke up for like a couple years, right? And then they ended their engagement and broke up later that year, so later in 2012, and then mm-hmm. they reconnected as friends in 2015 and got back together in 2016, Yeah, and then have been together ever since. So I really like them. Yeah, they seem to really I, love each other. I ship them hardcore. I really in- I appreciate their lifestyle. I feel like, although Miley has a lot of issues, I like her um, laid-backness. She's not one of those people that you see out with a lot of famous people. Like, she is friends with a lot of just regular people. Yeah. My boyfriend's, like, been at parties with her before yeah. and said she was, like, really nice. And it's just with, pe- I'm, like, regular I'm sure people, she's nice. you know? But, there, yes, we will definitely talk about Miley in a problematic fave episode. Listen, I would love I, to I know that. that I'm in the minority because yeah. I know that a lot of people really like Miley Cyrus. I went through a phase of time where I couldn't stand her. But I kind of, like, it was in a time where her image was changing so much and I just didn't really relate to her at all. And then I feel like as she's grown up a little bit, I've just always been a Miley fan. So I've kind of, like, right. I, re-appreciated her. Yeah, we'll have an episode where I talk about, like, my grievances with her, the issues that I do have with her that make it hard for me to like her. She's got some cultural appropriation issues. Yes, she does. Um, But I will say that on the things that she is passionate about, she seems to be genuinely passionate about those issues. And she seems like somebody that I'd want to hang out with. Um, And it does seem like her and Liam Hemsworth's relationship is very genuine and sweet. And so I'm happy for them. They seem to be really happy. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, I thought that was cute. They have the same wedding anniversary as my parents. Oh my God, so cute. December 23rd. That's so cute. Can I talk about the notorious RGB? Yes. RGB? Yes. My God. I wrote RBG at the top, and I, then I got like, or no, it is RBG. Yeah, RBG. Oh my God. It's okay. What day is it? Ruth Bader Ginsburg, if you're not like, wait, up, up on the slang. Ginsburg is not right. 
So, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg was released from a hospital on Tuesday following cancer surgery. She underwent a pulmonary lobectomy. Okay, sure. Lobectomy. Sure, sure. Right? I don't know. On Friday in New York to remove two cancerous nodules from her lung. So we know she's been, like, having issues with, like, it was her, like, I have a rib for you, like, RBG. Like, yeah, you've man. seen all those. Kathleen A. Arberg, the Supreme Court Public Information Officer, told reporters last week that doctors had determined the nodules were malignant and have found no remaining evidence of the disease in Ginsburg's body. Shortly before her surgery on Friday, Ginsburg had joined four other justices to reject the Trump administration's request to let it enforce its new asylum ban while the case makes its way through the courts. So to me, like, I'm so excited for the movie coming out. Oh, yeah, on the, the basis of on sex. On the basis of sex. I... I do love... My love for this woman is growing more and more. I almost bought a really cute ornament the other day, but we ended up having to leave. Um, but I love that even when she's down, she's still doing the best that she can to fight for her country that she loves and, like, do the right thing. Well, she's not one to give up at all. Like, I mean... Now, that bitch is tough. Because, listen, Kennedy fucking retired just because he wanted to earlier, mm-hmm. which... And I understand you've worked hard, you should have the right to retire, but your country needed you and you didn't yeah. follow through, and that's why we have Brett Kavanaugh. I believe, of course, that... Ruth Bader Ginsburg will be in the Supreme Court until she dies because yeah. she knows she's needed. She, she knows does. that she plays a vital and she role. She is gonna fight. Like that woman is not She'll gonna fight be to like, live. Yeah, I'm sick. I'll just you know whatever. Like no, at, she's at least, like I need to fight this. At least until she feels like the Supreme Court's in a good place or in good hands. Like yeah. I don't think she will willingly let herself go until the Trump yeah. the, while the Trump administration Girl, is still... Girl, we need you for two, two more years. Yeah, just hang in there. And then whatever you do, provided we have a Democratic president, Yeah, whatever you do after that... We like, would miss you. We'll miss you, of course, but, but you're understand. old and tired. And we understand. I, I get it, and it must be difficult to always be, like, fighting all the time, but yeah. we appreciate it. I was it. just going to say that we appreciate you so much. We appreciate it if so much. If you hear us... We appreciate We should you. write her letters. Oh my god. I bet you it. we can find out how. Dear Ms. Ginsburg, <laughs> I love you thank so you. much. Thank you. Hang in there. I want to hug you and call you grandma. Okay, oh, thanks. She's Bye. probably like, no. No. Please don't do that. <laughs> I'm not your grandma. No. Um, so we have a couple, of, we're a little early right now, but we yeah. have a couple of little stories, right, to tell? Mine I don't really have ready to share. Oh, but oh, if you okay. want to share, because I haven't read through it yet, but if you want to uh, share yours, that would be great. Well, this is just really small, so it's yeah. going to be a pretty short episode. But um, I got a text a while ago and then kind of, oh God, it wasn't even that long ago. This is what time is doing to me. I was like... <gasps> What was it? Weeks ago? It was on Friday. So yeah. it like wasn't even a week ago. Um, from a friend of mine who has worked in sex work before mm-hmm. and actually someone who I want to use as a resource whenever we decide to do yes. a sex work episode. And she likes to share little things with me that people send to her. Yeah. I know a lot of people find her pretty inspiring because she's been very open and forthcoming yeah. about sex positivity. And her being in sex work by choice, mm-hmm. because I think so often we think of it as a thing that's kind of, like, forced upon women, or Did we talk about it. Did you see the question that was asked us? I can't remember if it was in a comment or in a message where somebody asked us if we felt that sex work should be legal. 
I have not seen that. I, yeah, it I was do someone, think it should be legal. Yeah, someone, the Americanist sent us, and I, probably for our Ask Me Anything episode, but because you're talking about it now, I feel like it's a good time to mention it, but they said, um, how do you feel about sex work specifically? Should it be legal? Yes. And my big thing, as we've spoken about in the past, I feel like sex work... Uh, by others can be misconstrued or, like, thinking of sex trafficking and sex work as being the same thing when they're not. But I feel like people who think that are being intentionally obtuse. Oh, definitely. There's, there is a an obvious difference between yeah, sex workers and people who are, have been trafficked. Like, there's a yeah. huge difference. And obviously... And they be, have to be protected as such, too. And, correct, and, like, obviously be aware of the media you're consuming or the sex work you're consuming, make sure, honestly, legalizing it would cut down on the amount of sex trafficking that's yeah. happening because you would be less likely to engage in something um, of, like that. Against your will. Well, and you would be less likely to consume something like that that was right. born of sex trafficking because there would be regulations in place, you know what I mean, right. to to protect the workers I against things agree. like that. Um, so I am pro-legalizing sex work. Me too. Uh, and all forms of sex work because I think usually, generally, when we say sex work or sex workers, we think about prostitutes mm-hmm. um, or what people would refer to as prostitutes. That's There's so not, many. That, that's not all of what sex work is. There are people who work in porn. There are people who work as cam girls. There mm-hmm. are people who work in different um, different corners of sex yeah, work. It's a very broad term. And they're just not protected in the way that they should be on so many levels. So I feel like by legalizing, it really is normalizing in some way and making and cutting the stigma down in order for those people to get access to protection, both sexually and physically. You know what I mean? The ability to unionize. You're opening up um, avenues for it to become... Uh, more mainstream and therefore safer in a lot of ways. Yeah, it because can be, it's not going to stop just because it's same thing with the portion. It's never it's not going to stop. stop just because it's illegal. Right. Like, th- this way, it can be regulated. Yeah. And it can be safer. Yeah. Uh, for all parties involved, mm-hmm. um, but especially for the workers themselves. Yeah. So, so, what is the message you got? So she sent me this thing that someone had sent to her. She said, um, her friend sent her this message. It says, "One of my friends at Derby is so sweet, and tonight I asked her what she did for a living." She looked at the ground and said kind of quietly, oh, I'm in adult entertainment. I was like, oh, that's cool. My friend does cam, and she instantly got so much more comfortable. I hate that she was embarrassed at first, but I'm so glad for all the things you taught me and helped me unlearn about sex work. So that's such a sweet message and kind of something I wanted to bring up because it really goes to show how being transparent and yeah. open about your life does help to destigmatize that's, something. That's the thing I say all the time. Being vulnerable is never going to push the right people away from you. By being vulnerable and transparent and talking about the things that you experience in your day-to-day life, you're then not only possibly educating something somebody else, but you're also allowing them to be vulnerable as well. Right. I mean, and it's impossible to look at someone that you know and love and respect and understand is intelligent and a friend to you and all of these other kind of like positive attributes that that person might have and 
And then hearing that they do sex work, it's impossible to kind of disregard those positive things about right. them. You, you have to accept them as a whole, fully formed right. person. And all those other notions that you had about what sex workers are like yeah. kind of get thrown out the window. It, like, unothers them. Yes. If that yeah. makes sense. No, you does. know how, like, I, I always talk about how, you know, it's you you feel a certain way about something until you make that thing or person a person. Right. And it becomes real to you. You have a five-minute conversation with them, and then suddenly that person's not so abstract and othered and different. They're just a real person. Right. Yeah, right. And so if you were like, well, all sex workers are X, Y, Z, that doesn't mesh with your idea of who your friend is. Yeah. And you have to reevaluate the idea of what sex workers are to you then, yeah. you know, because of that. So, Definitely. yeah, I wanted to share that. So thank you so much uh, for sharing that with yeah. us. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it, too. Damn. So... We are getting good at this. Getting snappy. <laughs> um, so if you have any questions for us, for Ask, ask Me Anything... Like ask we, Me Anything? Ask Me Anything. Um, so we just did one that we had gotten about sex work. So if you have any questions like that or really anything at all... We, like, just while recording got a bunch. Really? Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, I just checked our Instagram real Fantastic. quick. Um, we really, really appreciate you guys sending all of those in. We've been getting a lot through Instagram. You can follow us at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can also email them to us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. We have a... Uh, business page on Facebook and a group page. You can just search Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We'll show up. We got a Twitter. Do we use it much? No. You want to follow us? Sure. It's Yamf Podcast, which is Y A N F Podcast. That was, you sounded so bored. You're like, why? Well, I was waiting for you to come in. I'm sorry. I was, I was trying to mix it up. You weren't on your game. I was trying to mix it up, Keegan. I'm trying to bring new life into the show. Okay. Anyways, um, what else am I forgetting? Oh, don't forget to uh, review and subscribe on Apple iTunes? Can I talk? No? Yes? Apple Podcasts or Apple iTunes. Podcasts. Thank you. Um, you can also do it on Facebook, which is super cool. So feel free to leave us reviews anywhere there. We do Reviews Day Tuesday, every single Tuesday. Um, oh, yeah. And if you want to send in your pets for Feminist Pet Friday, feel free to send them in anywhere of the above things that I just said. Yeah. Yeah? Covered Am I forgetting it. anything? I don't think so. All right, cool. So uh, happy, happy New Year. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because this episode's going to be coming out a couple days before New Year's it'll Eve. Come out, no, it'll come out... Oh, you're right. Mm -hmm. The main episode will be out on New Year's Eve. Okay. Yes. yes. So, um, Happy New Year. We hope that you guys have a wonderful, prosperous New Year and a yes. safe New Year's Eve. Please be safe. Yeah. And also, bel happy belated holidays. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate. Happy that. Yeah. So, really from us. Uh, with that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing 
become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.